everybody. Welcome back to the Ball and Breakfast Podcast with Wayne. I'm Patrick. We are doing something completely different tonight. Um, going to NBA. It's been a while. I think we did a preseason preview. Um, if you want to go back into the ball and check that out, feel free. Uh, tonight, we're going to kind of look back uh, to the start of, you know, when Wayne and I started watching basketball overall, um, basically the 90s through the present. Wayne and I are going to go back and forth. And we are going to have an NBA draft uh, to put together our super teams from the time that we were born for the most part until, you know, present day. Uh, we did this for baseball. We got some pretty good, you know, feedback from you all on that. So, uh, you know, again, go in the vault on YouTube, check out the baseball draft. Uh, you can see kind of the legends we assembled for each one of our teams. But we'll do the same with basketball um, just for the fun of it. Uh, Wayne actually flipped a coin before we started tonight. Uh, luckily enough, I get the first pick and, uh, we're just going to go back and forth, uh, until we each pick 12 guys to put together on our roster, uh, you know, mix of guards, forward centers, uh, and we'll just see how this goes. So, uh, yeah, I guess without further ado, um, I can go ahead and take that first overall pick, uh, for this draft. Man, it's going to be none other than his airness. Um, I'm going with Michael Jordan to start my team. I mean, I I, I couldn't see it any other way. Um, definitely my favorite basketball player of all time. Um, you know, truly helped frame the game uh, for me growing up and basically how I, you know, tried to style my own game, but just, you know, how I viewed, you know, what greatness was and, you know, the six championships and six tries uh, getting to the finals. I mean, can't be understated, I think. You know, we, we sometimes maybe, you know, put too much stock into how many titles a guy has, but there is some special quality about somebody who can, you know, win in the clutch, play at his highest level when it matters the most, um, kind of having ice in the veins. There's there's just something special about it that just has to be considered when we talk about greatness. And, uh, you know, I just look at all the other metrics around the guy, um, you know, in terms of win shares, the amount of, you know, wins he's contributed for his teams, he ranks fifth, you know, all time. Um, they say per 48 minutes, he's number one all time, which is pretty impressive. His productivity, you know, his PER ratio, player efficiency ratio, which is basically the productivity productivity of a player per minute. Uh, he ranks second all time currently. Um, there are some new age guys that are starting to push on that list. Um, but, you know, kind of looking at a, you know, near 15 year sample, um, pretty impressive. The numbers that, you know, he's put up in these more advanced metric categories, obviously, comes with a ton of other accolades from, you know, being a hall of famer to, you know, five-time MVP, 11-time All-NBA. Um, you know, he's got some defensive player of the award, uh, you know, categories as well, three-time steal champion, um, just, just other accolades. You go down the list of Michael Jordan, you've probably seen memes of him with his trophy case and all that. And uh, it's one of the, you know, the more fuller uh, body of awards and, and trophies I think I've ever seen on a, on a picture, but you know, bottom line, overall, uh, final point, I mean, to average 36 and five as a shooting guard in the NBA, kind of considering, you know, the the first few years of his career and those tail end years to really have, you know, your career, you know, kind of give you that final stat line. It, it's super impressive, especially as you start looking at, you know, some of the other greats in the game. But uh, yeah, man, he's a killer, has just the right attitude and uh, knows how to win. So perfect guy to start my team with. Yeah, his airness, like what better player than to pick the GOAT, right? Like you got to pick him. Uh, no judgment whatsoever. 
I don't know. Like, is there anything else I could add? Maybe not. Like, this is is pretty self-explanatory. One of the best overall defensive players, too. I think some people forget just how good of and tenacious he was on defense. You know, everybody talks about the shot to uh, against the Jazz. You know, his last game to win the six NBA Finals. He got a steal. He got a steal. Stole from Carmelo there, and then yeah, he did have that shot at the end there. But yeah, he played some defense there and. Just a complete game changer. Uh, you just had that confidence level that like he was always going to win the game when the mat- when it mattered. So uh, definitely got to respect that pick. I know uh, my pick, the pro- the fans of my pick would probably not like it as much or your pick as much. So uh, I'm definitely going to have to pick LeBron James. I you know all time leading scores scoring person as well. Uh, I mean, he's been in the league how many years? 20 years or something like that. And uh, 20 some odd uh, all-star games, you know. I mean, how much more you can, how much more can you ask and demand from this guy? And not to mention, he's just a, you know, a civic servant to the world, basically. <laughs> like, has a school, you know, for children and such. And, uh, you know, has been in the NBA finals, what, 10 plus times as well. So it's like, yeah, you can't really knock on the guy. He's super talented, is the master of sustainability. I think that's one thing that he probably has over Jordan. But again, you got to pay the you know, respect to LeBron, what he's been able to do. Uh, although, you know, yeah, we can definitely do the whole comparison between him and Jordan. Uh, you definitely got to give, though, Jordan Space Jam. Like, he had the better version. But at the end of the day, though, uh, LeBron's had a remarkable career and, you know, it's still going, man. It's still going. So who knows what else he can do, you know, with the time he has left now. Yeah. Um, who's, who's greater Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Greater. So you said greater. I mean, I have to go with Michael in that sense. You know, I think that's, that's the distinguishment. You know, we say greater, I think, I think of like, (laughs) winner champions right you know, he's got more champions he's gone to when he when he goes to the championship he wins it you know i think that's the whole knock on lebron there so uh greater is definitely in my opinion mj honestly though if i were to pick better overall player uh uh it's it's got to be lebron though in my opinion are you talking about mm. someone that mm. can not just you know, steal the ball a little bit. Maybe MJ has got the steals and the quickness a little bit, but LeBron has, in my opinion, like he's got that padded, uh, you know, breakaway block. And, you know, he he did score more points than Jordan overall in his career. So the longevity, I think you got to give him some props there. So, uh, and yeah, you know, being in the NBA finals, like half the time as well, I think that's pretty, you know, remarkable for LeBron there. So. Yeah, but but he just showed up, you know. I mean, he got his teams there. I mean, I feel like if LeBron just showed up with a team in the finals against MJ's team in the finals, I, I feel like there would be some fear factor there that MJ would kind of bring to that matchup. I feel like, you know, when Steph Curry in modern day shows up to the finals now, I feel like teams, you know, start to cower because they know that once he starts going off, he'll he'll really never end. I feel like, you know, LeBron, we're not disputing how you know, versatile and, you know, impactful player he's been throughout his career. I mean, 
definitely in terms of a full body of a resume, probably has one of the best, you know, 20 season resumes of all time and physical traits, everything that he's been given gifts wise. I think he's, you know, obviously one of the most gifted dynamic players we've ever seen to a guy with his size to be as athletic as he is. I feel like there's a little bit of a lack of polish to his game in my you know, opinion. I feel like it took a while for him to really settle in with a three point shot. I feel like, you know, the winning and clutch factor that LeBron brings to a team didn't really take off immediately. I mean, I feel like he put Cleveland on his back to get him to, you know, a lot of Eastern conference championship, you know, appearances. I, I just feel like that first year when he got to Miami and Dallas was able to kind of knock them off. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, throw a lot of shade on the roster that Dallas was, but a lot of those guys were past, you know, their prime and they were going up against, you know, three of the best players in the NBA and they all looked, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, I don't know, um, submissive. I don't know. Just, it, it was one of those, you know, series where they just truly got humbled. And, you know, when you were waiting for LeBron to kind of drop the hammer, he kind of disappeared in that whole series. And, uh, yeah, man, it kind of always sticks with me. I don't know. His time in LA has been checkered a little bit. Um, just in the wins, losses, and a kind of team perspective, he's had teams that have been obviously really good enough to win the championship to, you know, just making playoffs and stuff. So I don't know, man, there's always been that range in that mix. I can't always say it's falling on LeBron, but basketball is one of those sports where, you know, fewer guys uh, have to take the court, which would provide more opportunity for a guy like him to, to kind of exhibit that greatness, uh, that historic greatness. And I don't know, at times, like, He's kind of he's kind of fading here and, and kind of fading out, you know, elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, killer instinct. You gotta go with MJ. Prime time, uh, one game, one shot, one opportunity. Like you have to go with MJ, I think for sure. Um, but long you know, in terms of that longevity, like there's definitely some pluses and minuses, I think, for both. MJ took a year and a half gap year basically in the middle of his career. Obviously, he went through some turbulent times there. But at the end of the day, it's like, hey, LeBron, he kept going. He kept going when times were tough. Uh, and, yeah, you think you got to commend him for that, albeit he didn't always show up in the biggest of moments and, you know, uh, was sometimes passive in in the NBA finals there. So, and, yeah, you, you did talk about his three-point shooting. It's like, great, it took him, like, a decade to get that fine-tuned uh, when they could have used it maybe early in his career. So, um, but, yeah, in the end of the day, it's like you got to commend LeBron. You know, he's a multifaceted playmaker. He can score. He can pass. He can do it all now, basically. Uh, takes care of his body. You know, invests, like, a million-plus dollars every year on his nutrition and his health. So, yeah, he, he definitely is a professional in that aspect. It's just – yeah, when you compare him to Michael, man, Michael is just vicious. He he was a killer. He was a killer, and yeah, uh, definitely deserves all the accolades as the goat for that. Yeah, when you when it's all said and done, last question here: Who do you think will be considered the goat once LeBron hangs it up? I mean, it's, it depends who you're going to ask, but. <laughs> I mean, you have to go because of everything <laughs> you just mentioned, though, right? You have to go with Michael, in my opinion, um, just because, yeah, when when they counted, and I think that's where it really truly matters. When it counted, he got the job done, and you know, he he was the person that uh, when when you know not j- just like any moment, any moment, you knew that he was going to be able to get the job done and win the game. 
both on the offensive or defensive side, getting a stop, getting a steal. And he did, he did that, you know, pretty consistently, I think throughout his career, you know, better than most people. So I think, yeah, six out of six, I think that's definitely going to be thrown around. That being said, it's like, it's gotta be somewhat commendable, right? He's gone to the NBA finals, like half the seasons in his career, almost like that's pretty awesome. You know, that's kind of like what Brady has been able to do It's just Brady was able to win this, you know, a few more championships there than LeBron, you know? So and he's also, Tom Brady has also been known to have that clutch gene that maybe LeBron doesn't necessarily have as much. So I think that's where, you know, you got to, you got to draw the lines between MJ and LeBron is when it comes to championship time, you know, who shows up there. Yeah. And I definitely think winning matters. I mean, I, looking at like the Buffalo Bills going to four straight Super Bowls, winning zero of them um, at the end of that whole run and as we talk about you know where they fall in the the grand scheme of history of football i mean they never get mentioned for really anything besides Mm -hmm. you know punchlines and everything else so it's like you you got to think like how much grit and determination it took for those teams to go to four straight championships and lose and uh yeah man i mean it's funny to me because sometimes when lebron gets on the mic he says i'm you know the i at that moment i figured i was the greatest once he won like a certain championship it's like no, man, like you, you gotta, you gotta do that again and again and again and again. It's something that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is learning right now. I mean, as he is on his way to Tom Brady, I mean, folks would love to give, I think, Pat the benefit of the doubt already, you know, just based on what he does in season and just, you know, maybe just the eye test, like what he's doing on the field. Like, I, I think a lot of people love to give him that, that, um, you know, that accolade, but it's still, it's gotta be earned. It's gotta be, you know, uh, taken down piece by piece and uh yeah sometimes I, when guys start crowning themselves as the greatest as well for me that that shows insecurity and i think any folk would just kind of look over and say you know at a certain point you'll just kind of know and even if you you know don't get labeled as such you, you won't care anyway because you know you'll have put all the effort into you know being the greatest and i don't know for me there's there's some there's some points I'd take off. I'm biased, of course. I'm from Chicago. You are as well. We grew up in the generation where we got to watch Michael, um, you know, closely. Whereas I think a lot of the folks, let's say Gen Z and onward, like they've only seen, you know, LeBron. Perhaps they've seen Kobe. Perhaps they've seen, you know, a Tim Duncan or something else like that. But you know, I think just stacking it up, like Michael kind of walked on water. Whereas uh, LeBron. Like he's always going to fill up that stat sheet. You always know he's going to be there, but you don't necessarily know if he's going to be like, you know, having all the glory at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, it's definitely, I, you know, I still have my mixed feelings with LeBron. He's, I think on the, on the court, I don't mind him on the court for sure. Off the court, you know, when I think he's definitely matured as he's gotten older, right? Like, in his 30s, like, you know, mind-blown, right? Uh, he's definitely, I feel like, matured a lot more. And he's not as, I guess, you know, flashy or as self-entitled there. So I definitely commend that. And then, yeah, he actually was able to humble himself and was like, I really needed to develop a three-point shot, especially if I got to take on Curry over there, you know. So I, I think he definitely adapted in that sense. So we got to commend him for that. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you got to bring the championships in there. You know, I think I think a lot of people were debating, right, Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, like who's better, who's greater. Like, it's like, oh, it's evident that Peyton Manning, like he was the guy, like he was, you know, first overall pick, laser rocket arm, all that. But, 
you know, you don't hear too much about uh, that debate anymore just because when it came down to it, Tom Brady just won and he willed his teams to victory. You know, we talk about the Atlanta Falcons comeback. Like that's not happening, I don't think, with Peyton Manning even. Like that's only like one of one that person at quarterback that can probably do that. Maybe Patrick Mahomes, but no doubt you had that confidence that, man, Brady, even behind, you know, that deficit, he can still get it done, right? And I think that's where MJ has a definite advantage over LeBron. Um, so yeah, um, I guess for my next pick, this one, this one's tough. I mean, I feel like you, you've got the two alphas, I feel like at the very top from our, you know, uh, time watching basketball to the present, at least in how we've kind of framed it. Um, man, this gets really tough because it cuts across a lot of different eras here. Um, but I'm looking at a guy who, you know, 10 to the nineties, uh, basically through, you know, the tens was one of the most dominating forces in basketball. Um, Albeit he wasn't always named as such. He wasn't always kind of given that respect, but, you know, 15 time all-star 15 time all NBA 15 time, uh, you know, all defensive player, a two time MVP. He's in the hall of fame. He was a rookie of the year as well. Um, overall he's eighth in total win shares. Uh, he's 14th in PER, um, all time. And he's also a five time NBA champion, uh, and I, I think I know that he's one of your favorite players too, which is why I also want to take him here because <laughs> I really respect his game. It's, it's, it's just a quiet game. It doesn't you know ask for any attention. It helps, you know, win championships. It helps to develop other players. And I just feel like when you look at the start of his career through, you know, his, his, his greatest periods, even to his tail end, he was still super relevant. He was always, in the center of winning basketball, you know, getting his numbers, being kind of an instrumental cog in the machine that was the San Antonio Spurs. So for me, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Timmy D, uh, Tim Duncan as my second overall pick here. Damn me, man. No, I mean, yeah, I got, I love me some Timmy D, uh, the big fundamental. I think the best thing I like about Duncan, right. And maybe, you know, there's this comparison between, Duncan, and then also this other pick that <laughs> my next pick that I'm going to be taking on, uh, you know, my my pick was or my next pick. He's basically a player, L.A., you know, foreshadowing a little bit, uh, who definitely uh, had carried him with a lot of swagger, a lot of flash. Right. And then comparison that to Duncan, who was he didn't talk that much. If he did talk, it was a little bit quirky or funny here and there. But very, you know, kind of plain, right? And that's what I really admired about Duncan was that he did it his own way. He did it uh, very methodical. He did it with class. And you think about the Spurs during those Duncan years, that's what you think about. And he was so selfless, right? Uh, especially later on in his career when he saw and noticed that the NBA was definitely getting more guard and, and you know, wing heavy. So he kind of let things go there for the next people up there with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I mean, Tony Parker, obviously, and then Monty Ginobili. He kind of took a little bit more of that backseat and was much more of a defensive force in the middle, passed the ball here and there, and then would get his shots kind of as the, you know, the, the offense flowed to him, right? He wasn't the focus focal point, you know, in the later half of his career. So I really just commend him just as an individual in that sense. And, yeah, great pick, terrible, but great pick, I think, there. So, um, 
But yeah, I guess segueing, drop the line there a little bit. I got to go with Kobe here, especially since he took MJ. It's like, hey, you know, what better one-on-one matchup than, I guess, the bigger or the little brother and the big brother there with MJ and Kobe. Uh, basically mimicked his game, like copy-paste, essentially. I think MJ just did things a lot more efficiently. And, I mean, hey, look, I got a combo of Kobe and LeBron here. Like, that's, I feel that's a pretty good uh, combination. Definitely a lot of flash, definitely a lot of shoe selling as well. So it's it's going to be, I think, an awesome and fun watch there. I mean, Kobe, Black Mamba, RIP for sure there. But, you know, just like Jordan, though, as much of as great as the score as he was, he was tenacious on the defensive side of the ball. So I think some people forget about that. But, yeah, he can definitely score. You know, everybody talks about also hit that 60, what, one-point game last game always showed up at the, you know, at the brightest lights when the lights were on and everything. And you also see, I, I also remember when he was, I think it was like 19 years old and he was going against the Pacers uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think it was overtime and Shaq fouled out. I forget if it was like game five or six or something, but man, he he was the difference maker. He was the one that basically, I think, I think they swept that series, but um yeah, uh, it was the, it was the finals. Yeah, it was the finals against the Pacers, but he was the main difference maker, even though Shaq was out and basically won them that game. So you know, we talk about Shaq and Kobe and how Kobe really wasn't anything with Shaq, but yeah, when it came down to it, he was definitely a difference maker there, and especially later on in his career with uh, Paul Gasol, like he he definitely was the alpha, and nobody nobody questions about anything that uh, that what what that man can do there. So. Um, Definitely also admired what he was able to do after you know his playing days. He was much more of a mentor and likable. I'm like, man, I like this Kobe guy. <laughs> you know, an older Kobe who's just been battle torn and just wants to give back. I'm like, I, I I love that. And it was definitely unfortunate that you know he was uh you know, he passed away uh you know so young and everything there. So anyways, gotta love me some Black Mama there. Yeah, I mean. What's there to say? I mean, top top uh, shooting guard to ever play the game uh, for the most part, you know, with MJ, after MJ, in my opinion. I feel like, um, you know, we look at the three years he played with Shaq. I mean, in a lot of ways, folks may want to pour a little bit of water on that just because, I mean, who, who's really going to stop a combo with, you know, the most dominant, you know, center, the most, uh, you know, complete basketball player of its of its time uh, with Kobe too. Um, but But we can't do that. So... Um, in a lot of ways, I just feel like Kobe's numbers, his resume, um, again, the longevity, the fact that he came in as a high school player and was, you know, after maybe a, a couple of seasons was, you know, one of the top players in the league. Um, you know, you got to give him uh, a ton of credit for that. I feel like, you know, his game is the closest to Michael's that we've ever seen, I think, you know, past past Michael being in the game. So, um, yeah, man, uh, you know, tragic way to end it, obviously. Uh, but in a lot of ways, I think his, his legacy speaks even louder now that he's not here. Uh, I feel like he's constantly in the conversation amongst, you know, current players and past and stuff. So uh, definitely not forgotten. Um, but yeah, no, so far so good here uh, with our, with our guys playing a little bit of two on two. Um, <laughs> this next pick for me is super tough. Um, I'm not going to give away who I'm not going to take, but a lot of ways I was looking down at it and I'm kind of thinking, you know, going across positions and things that I may, you know, need at this point, you know, 
Paul and all, I, I just want, I need some guys who are going to be some good scores for me. Um, somebody who could play off MJ. I feel like, you know, this guy is, is arguably one of the best scorers of all time. Um, obviously, top in, you know, three-pointers ever made at this point, 12th in overall percentage. Um, he's a four-time champion, two-time scoring title champion, two-time MVP. Um, you know, and even in some of the more, you know, denser ratios, I still feel like, you know, top 40 in win shares, top 20 in PER, like that's still pretty respectable. And I think at this point, a lot of folks are looking at him kind of being, you know, one of the unicorns in the game or starting to put him up in that upper echelon of, of goats. Um, you know, a lot of folks, I think already have him in the top 10. I think I've heard some folks batting around top five, uh, believe Kevin Durant said he's the best player he's ever seen. So, you know, without further ado, it probably gives it away, but, uh, you know, Steph Curry for me, um, at the point guard position, I don't know if there's another guy that, um, can do as much with the ball uh, as he can at that spot. So um, at least for our generation, especially. So I'm going to take him and uh, yeah, feel pretty good about that. I mean, who doesn't like Curry? Uh, I got his shoes too. And you just got to, he's changed the game. He has literally changed the game. And like, you know, you have like seven footers shooting threes now. So uh, yeah, that would probably, that probably would have been my next pick. And yeah, that, that's, that's a great roster there. You got Duncan, you got two selfless leaders there and Duncan and Curry, you know, Curry. Yeah. Like a lot of people would have just said, no, we don't want Kevin Durant, but lo and behold, that salary cap increase and everything that happened there, you know, they were able to get that and execute that. And man, yeah, that was, that was a great run there. And, you know, a lot of people knock on Curry's legacy basically because he had Kevin Durant there. So, but at the end of the day, like who would you have in this past like 10 years? Like what, what other NBA player would you rather have than Steph Curry? Like there's, you know, there was, it's a very small list, maybe, maybe LeBron, right. Obviously. But other than that, like Curry, he definitely is a difference maker there. So uh, I can't uh, go wrong with that for sure. Uh, moving on to my, my next pick here. I got to go center here. I feel like I have to go center. So, and this is definitely going to be like, am I making the right decision here? We'll see. But it's definitely between, I think, two people. But I got to go with my guy. I'm going to go with Hakeem Olajuwon. I'm going to go with the all-time leader mm. in blocks. Better two-way player than maybe the other guy. Uh, as flashy as the other guy is, right? Like, he definitely, he was a little bit more in his prime when he beat Shaq, uh, you know, or sorry, I might have given away there. Uh, he was he was definitely older there uh, when when he beat that Orlando Magic uh, center in the finals. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're talking about the dream shake. You're talking about maybe more of a, of a finesse player. But if you combine both what he was able to do on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, and also not being a liability on at free throw shooting, you know, in this game, I feel like. I'm going to take Hakeem Olajuwon, who a lot of people, like nobody batted an eye about him being the first overall pick in the same NBA draft as Michael Jordan was, right? And, you know, you you look back at that draft, it's like, wow, I, I think the Rockets actually did the right thing in terms of, you know, oh, you don't know exactly you know what Michael Jordan is, so raw, all that. But at the end of the day, Olajuwon had a heck of a NCAA college career and everything, and his his game definitely translated, you know, the big man, during the time was was the person so 
you, you definitely have to, I guess, take that pick like nine out of 10 times probably. So, but Olajuwon, another thing about Olajuwon, winning record against Michael Jordan, who you, who's on your team, by the way, 10 and, thir- 10 and 13 uh, regular season record against Michael Jordan. So how about that? But yeah, I got to go with Olajuwon here. Yeah. Well, I think we have to put some asterisks on his uh, his championships with Michael not not really in the game at the time. But uh, <laughs> no, I will I will say you got to give him <laughs> you got to give him his props. Like he got two rings. Um, you know the field was still pretty pretty full with uh, with heavyweights and heavyweight you know teams at the time. I feel like you know if we're gonna put asterisks on any of Kobe's titles or you know Curry's or LeBron's or whatever else, it's like you know. Um, this is one that I feel like, you know, definitely was earned. Uh, he was the center of that team um, figuratively and literally. It's just like, I feel like he was the straw who stirred the drink. Whereas you may look at some teams that, you know, um, Curry was on, or you may look at, you know, the team that Kobe was on and you could look at even Shaq and say, you know, was, was Dwayne Wade the more impactful player in those series? But like, you could always look at those two titles that the Rockets won, say Hakeem was, the guy so yeah i mean his numbers stack up um really high up there in wind shares per as well top 20 in both um you know he's got all the accolades especially on the defensive side like you mentioned so he probably brings that out a little bit more than you know the other centers on the list but um but yeah i guess if it's my next pick i'm going with the guy that you passed on and have been kind of describing because that was the guy i was wrestling with with uh steph curry um in shaquille o'neal so um, I feel really good now about my team uh, in terms of, you know, dominance and things like that in all facets of the game. But, yeah, I mean, for Shaq, uh, 13th in win shares, 5 in PER, depending on, you know, if you're, you're mixing in some of the current crop of players, um, you know, 15-time All-Star, 14-time All-NBA, four-time champ and MVP. I think, you know, there's never been a player in watching the game that I've seen at his prime, especially when he got to the Lakers, that, I felt like defeated trying to root against him. You know, I just felt like anytime he was on the court, it was going to be a nightmare for, you know, opposing defenses and players. And obviously the hack a shack, you know, uh, philosophy came into play with him because of his limitations at the line. I feel like, you know, nowadays, like you get Ben Simmons on that or some other guys who just can't really, you know, take, take the free throws down when you get it. And, you know, I think earlier on in his career, O'Neal was a more skilled, gifted player in terms of, you know, his, his finesse, maybe, you know, having to do more, more outside type jump shots for a center, being more of an athlete. I feel like when he did get to LA and he kind of bulked up and he had Kobe and he had other, you know, great supporting players, especially, you know, around the arc and like Derek Fisher and Robert Ori, it was like, he just knew he could just control the paint, bully people and, you know, put up his 20, 2010, 30, 10, whatever it was nightly. And, you know, he'd be kind of good. Um, you know, from a skills perspective, he's not like taking every single box for me, but again, I've just never seen somebody <laughs> command so much attention and just completely dominate under the rim and just, you know, be, be one of the harder guys to push around, um, you know, for his respective position. So, you know, I just feel like having him as kind of a cheat code underneath and, uh, yeah, I feel, feel pretty good about it. Yeah, and he's great at commercials. Like, he's everywhere, too. Uh, entrepreneur extraordinaire, so definitely has made a bunch of money uh, off the court and, you know, as a successful businessman, su- successful 
NBA commentator as well. So, you know, that's, that's one of the best, I think, any like uh, sports uh, shows out there. So Shaq has definitely been a highlight of that. And, you know, it's great to see that he's kind of continuing on his career in the NBA in that facet. And then he also obviously being an entrepreneur, philanthropist, et cetera. So, but yeah, like his basketball court uh, presence. Yeah. The big Aristotle just, you, you always had to figure out and strategize around uh, Shaq there and just be like, okay, Brian Shaw, like go ahead and shoot a three. We can't, we have to have three men in the box there against Shaq. So definitely uh, uh, a force to be reckoned with in the, in the NBA. And then I guess moving along here. So man, you, you got a great team here. You got a great team here. And I see, I see a player on here. You know, you've thrown a couple punches here, but guess what? I got the answer. I'm going to go with Allen Iverson here. He's going to be my point guard <laughs> to go along with LeBron and Kobe. Like talk about, you know, having that wing and people that can just create shots and everything. So Allen Iverson, you know, I'm, I'm just picturing him stepping over Tyron Lue, NBA Finals winning that first game against the Lakers with, you know, just a bunch of outcasts <laughs> there, and it was such a such a dramatic moment. I think that 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 you know he in, uh, in that game and just also the way he played, just in general. Like this guy's like what maybe five ten, five eleven, like one hundred sixty seventy pounds, soaking wet basically. Like, and he's just going in in the paint, NBA nineties, right, or early two thousands, very competitive when. You know, they just had seven footers out there for no apparent reason. And he would just go right into them and, you know, do a bunch of and ones. Known for definitely for that crossover, especially that crossover that gets seen, that gets seen a lot, you know, when he crossed over Jordan. Uh, definitely had one of the best handles overall. So, you know, you can definitely, he has his share of critics. He's not a perfect NBA player, but you can't knock on his heart. I think he had a ton of heart for the game, love the game, played with a lot of passion. That whole practice got totally overblown, lost, you know, one of his closer friends there. So he definitely had other things in his mind. And yeah, you just got to commend, I think, what Allen Iverson uh, was able to bring to the game, brought a lot more street cred to the game as well. You know, a lot of people, you'll ask a lot of NBA players that uh, grew up during that time. A lot of people will say Allen Iverson was the guy that they watched. So, yeah, I'm going to go Allen Iverson here. Uh, man, this backcourt's going to be fun. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they're going to – they're not going to be passing the ball, but it's going to be fun, I think, for sure. Yeah, you might need to have uh, LeBron play point guard or, or, or something <laughs> and have uh, Iverson and Brian yeah. fight over the ball. But, uh, no, man, <laughs> tons of star power. Um I like the pick. I always liked Allen Iverson, obviously pound for pound, like one of the best, you know, basketball players of all time. I feel like if he was six, five, he'd have a different legacy He'd have a different story to tell. Um, I, in my opinion, I feel like the one knock I had on AI throughout his career, especially toward the tail end of it, the second half was more or less like, I never really feel, felt like he ever bought in. I never really felt like he, you know, matured in the way that he probably should have. It always felt like it was really about his numbers and his success first. And then it was about, you know, well, let's make sure the team's okay as well. Um, 
So, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't take away what he did on the court. He played, you know, harder than most, uh, played tons of minutes in the games that he was in, um, you know, filled up the stat sheet when he was in there. Um, but there was something that, you know, I felt like I would have liked to have seen it. You know, I would have liked him see, you know, him go to, you know, I feel like it was Denver and then even Detroit and kind of, you know, find a, find a, you know, uh, a carve out spot for himself as his skills started to diminish a little bit. Like if he would have accepted more of a bench role and been like the six man designated six man on some of these teams, I think they would have gone a lot further uh, with a lot less headache and, you know, uh, you know, locker room drama and stuff that stuff can kill, you know, teams as they're you know trying to make that push. That's one thing that I feel like Vince Carter doesn't get enough respect for, uh, you know, toward the tail end of his career, but like just that shift, even what Russell Westbrook right now is a great example of that, of like a guy that, you know, played out of his mind, like played, you know, beyond his talents probably allowed him to. And now he's finally accepted that, that diminished role, but it's like helping the team, you know, push forward. So um, that's basically it because other than that, I mean, from a scoring prowess perspective before we got into like the three point era that we're in now, like there was no guy <laughs> capable of putting up more on a nightly basis in like the two thousands and Allen Iverson. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely do wonder if he had more talent around him, right. Would he have developed more like off ball offensive skills there? Cause it always felt like he needed to have the ball at all times, right? Like a James Harden basically to be, any type of factor have any type of interest in the game and that's definitely where you know later in in your career uh some people can do it better than others you know Carmelo did pretty well I think you know when he was with Portland uh, I think I think that was like his last last season there so but yeah like it's hard to kind of transition right from somebody that's just known for playing with the ball at all times to just all right I'm going to do a spot of three-pointer at the corner and just sit there right so um but hey at least I think he can keep up with Steph Curry. You know, he's got some amazing cardio. And if, if, you, if you guys are going to be doing screens, especially with Shaq, like that, <laughs> I'm going to need somebody with some mad cardio there. So um, Alan Iverson can definitely keep up with, with him in that respect. But yeah. Anyways, yeah. Who do you got for your next pick here? Yeah. To uh, round out the starting five, um, was kind of looking at a forward type. Um, but this guy was definitely on my radar uh, regardless. I'm super happy he's available. Um, amazing score. One of the better scorers to ever play the game. Um, also has a really good advanced metrics too in, in terms of win shares, PER. Top 20 uh, for win shares, top 10 for PER. Um, is up there in the all-time threes category in those made. He's won an MVP. He's rode some coattails to a couple of NBA titles, but... Despite the fact, I mean, a career 27, 7, and 4 player, um, you know, still still pushing on in Phoenix. We'll see where their team goes. I don't know if it's the right, you know, mix of talent that's going to get them over the hump, at least for this season. But, yeah, I guess when I just look at him um, as an overall, you know, force and player, um, definitely left his mark on the game, uh, especially from a scoring perspective, a guy who, you know, can have the ball in his hands, play off the ball, um, and just drop, drop jumpers. Um, and doesn't, he does it better than most. And, uh, you know, I think his character is the thing that kind of gets in the way. I think a lot of people want to knock him for that. I think 
the Golden State move is one of them. Um, you know, but I think he really tried to stay in the hole in Brooklyn and try to like coalesce the rest of the guys to, you know, taking it seriously and and, and being a part of it. And uh, you know, he's found himself on a lot of super teams, so he'll always get slack for that, whether it's his, you know, design or not. But uh Kevin Durant, uh, to round out my starting five, playing that small forward, I yeah, I, I love having him on my team. Yeah, no, he's He's a great player, right? You can't knock him for that. He brings it. He brought it definitely, you know, during the finals with uh, when he was with Golden State for sure. So, and you know, we'll see what he, what he can do, uh, you know, now and everything with uh, with the Suns there and and Devin Booker. But man, like he is, uh, you can't stop him from scoring. I think that's the big thing. He can shoot threes. He can post up because he's got the size to do that. He's got the length to do that too. So. You know, against whomever, against a PJ Tucker, right? Uh, but yeah, like there's there's just no stopping him, and he can definitely play. I think in any era, uh, I understand. Like, yeah, he's you know they call him the Slim Reaper for a reason. But at the end of the day, uh, you know he can definitely just score, and he he has put on some muscle and some meat there. So, uh, but yeah, one of the best scores like I've ever seen, and you know I think he probably complements a lot of. You know, the players that you have there can play off ball. And I think that's one of the best things about Kevin Durant and how he was able to fit in there with the Warriors is that he doesn't always need the ball in his hands to score. He can do that spot up three and you know, just chill in the quarter there if, you know, the, the defense is going to concentrate on Clay and Steph over there. So, um, yeah, no, I think you got a great starting five there for sure. Dude. Sounds good. Who's your next guy? Yeah, I guess closing out my starting five here at Power Forward. You know, I was looking at a couple guys here, but I'm going to go with a little bit of power, a little bit of Greek freak. So, man, Giannis, two-time MVP, uh, an unstoppable force, basically the shack of power forwards in a way, right, Uh, is just a player that commands a lot of people in the paint, and that really just opened up a lot of things for the Milwaukee Bucks offense. As a championship under his belt, you know, a lot of people were talking, oh, you got to request a trade. You got to get out. No, he stuck it through. He uh, won with the Bucks. Uh, and then he got, I think he got Chick-fil-A afterwards or something. So, like, this guy is a legend. He's commendable. He has like, some movies being made out of him and from Disney and stuff. Uh, just his story is remarkable. You know, uh, we'll see what happens with this whole Milwaukee and – not a Dame lower thing, but with what the track record that he's had uh, up until now, you got to be able to, to commend him. Also, I think multiple time NBA uh, defensive player of the year. So plays both ways. Can he shoot threes? Maybe not. Maybe he ought to stop shooting, but Hey, you know, he put some time in the gym. I guess it's commendable there. So, but yeah, age 29 now, like he's definitely on his way to the hall of fame and uh, just a great overall guy too. So, um, but yeah, should be I think a fun combination. I think you know on the defensive side of the ball, I think I think my guys are pretty good at least. I think we got something there. So yeah, sounds pretty good. Um, yeah, man, I'm interested to see what happens with Giannis as we move forward, uh, just in his career. Like I'm wondering, how many titles can this guy win? I mean, at this point, the Bucks they feel. I don't know. They feel like they're they're kind of fledgling right now. I mean, maybe they have like a really strong uh, last few weeks of the season. Get you know, get right before the playoffs. But 
this year is almost feeling like it's on the course of being kind of a lost year for them with, you know, bringing in doc and having this new transition as a team. But yeah, I'm also wondering like where, where he goes beyond Milwaukee. Like, does he, does he continue out his career playing for the bucks, um, you know, retiring as a buck, which is, you know, kind of unlikely in today's NBA, but you know, if he does go somewhere where there's an extra star or two, like, you know, could we be looking at a, you know, two, three, four time NBA champ? Like it's totally possible, but I think regardless, like his standing in the game, um, yeah, I mean, as far as like his athleticism, you know, combined, you know, with his ability to score, like his ability to bring defense and to bring a ton of offense on the other end is something I, I don't think we've seen in a long time, maybe since like a Hakeem Olajuwon or, you know, David Robinson or, you know, maybe a Tim Duncan, but just in a completely different way because they play, you know, much differently. So it's it's just uh, he, he is a freak in that sense. Like he's hard to kind of camp under one type of basketball player, especially as a forward. But, you know, uh, you know, very interesting guy and, and definitely a good pick. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who do you got for your next pick now? Your sixth man. Yeah, man, this one, this one's hard because I've got some guys from the nineties that I'd love to, you know, pencil in here. I think there's some guys from that era that, you know, have had their whole like legacies played out for them already. And then I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to also play with guys that are, are present day players that I think are amazing, uh, that I think have some upside to them to kind of go ahead and grab, but I, I, I'm just kind of matching up the, the numbers already. Uh, looking at a couple of different guys and I'm going to stay present uh, in my next pick, but you know, right now I'd say arguably he's the best player in the NBA. Um, He definitely showed that last season um, carrying the load throughout the regular season, you know um, you know, coming up a little bit short in the MVP category for the first time in a couple of years, but in the same sense, like leading his team, you know, to uh, you know, a final, you know, championship there. Um, first time in their history. Um, again, two-time MVP, you know, five-time All-NBA. He averages 21, 11, and 7 as a center. Um, that's just ridiculous. I mean, I feel like we talk about guys like Westbrook and others who, you know, command the ball, have the ball in their hands uh, as point guards all game. We're doing this with a center. Um, I don't know where his journey ends. I mean, I feel like from an athletic standpoint, I could see him having a little bit of wear and tear on his body or, you know, maybe he just doesn't mature into his thirties, um, you know, with his frame and build and things like that. But, you know, with what he, what he has, you know, athletically hand-eye coordination, just a feel for the game. Like he's, he's, <laughs> and this is where I was bringing this up, but like stat muse has him as the number one player in terms of player efficiency rate, you know, ratio of all time uh, above Jordan. So it's like, it's being recognized by, by, by statistics. I mean, it's like he is considered right now one of the greatest players to ever play the game of basketball. And I think he just needs time to, uh, to continue like pat his resume, but you know, NBA is funky these days. Uh, teams don't stay together. Uh, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of craziness that happens. So I'll, I'd love to see where he goes, but I like having him on my team, obviously. And I'll take uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, the Joker uh, as my sixth man. And yeah, that's a great one. And, you know, the great thing is he passes the ball. So he he can shoot, he can do it all. And I think that's, you know, why he's he's so efficient, too, is that he makes he makes, you know, a majority of his points in 
you know, in the paint, but then has the ability to score from the outside, do some spot up threes, and then he can pass the ball at an efficient clip and get it, you know, just generate assists. And then obviously rebound, you know, one of the best rebounders in the game there too. So great overall pick there. Uh, great six man, I think, kind of coming off the bench. Definitely a different skill set uh, than Shaq. So like he he's, he has talent. He doesn't just pound the ball in there. So I think you know those two play styles. I think match up pretty well there. Uh, you know with Jokic coming off the bench there. So yeah, that was I think my like second pick that was coming up. But the pick that I am going to be picking right now, I guess, to transition, I'm going to go with a guy who, if you just see him walking around, you probably picture him. You know. Uh, in a minivan delivering kids to, you know, Sunday church or whatever, uh, is, has always been known as the guy with the short shorts, but, but, you know, you ask any, any player that played against him, like (laughs) this guy is ruthless. He is tenacious. He's definitely, I think a lot of people are, you know, they, they kind of overlook him just because of the way he looks and everything, but if you were to tell me that, hey, this player is the all-time leader in not just assists in you know as a point guard, but also steals, both by a pretty wide margin, also goes to show his longevity and his you know durability. But from the assist standpoint, like this guy, he averaged uh, I think the second most assists per game, only you know second behind Magic Johnson. It's like that's pretty awesome. So. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about John Stockton, obviously I think, you know, I, I was kind of debating actually having him over Iverson just of, you know, his overall game, his efficiency, and obviously point guards got to pass the ball, but I think in this case, I got to go with John Stockton, uh, you know, so I can get more passers actually, that's probably one of the primary reasons, but he was also an excellent scorer, pretty clutch too. Um, I I think I remember that three pointer he scored against the Houston Rockets, that you know, got them to the finals for the first time there. So, you know, very uh, clutch, very tenacious, ultra competitor. You know, him and Carmel alone with that pick and roll, which now we see everybody doing pick and rolls. Like, I feel like that's like half the plays that are quote unquote drawn up in the NBA these days. So, yeah, for me, you got to pick John Stockton, the OG over there with the short shorts. I like it. I like it. He was start on my page here. Um, I feel like he always gets put in conversations with Isaiah Thomas and there's always like analysts that want to, you know, say Isaiah is the better all time player. Um, you know, I think Isaiah has definitely earned that right. Just with the titles and everything he did with Detroit. Um, John came up short against the, you know, the bulls, Michael's bulls and stuff like that. But, you know, statistically speaking, John's numbers, you know, stack up really well against Isaiah's um, win shares. He's number six all time, which is crazy. Um, like you were saying with the steals and assists, I just feel like there was no better pure point guard um, in the 90s uh, than John Stockton. And maybe maybe even since that point, I feel like there's been a lot of guys, you know, who've come along that have, you know, been really good point guards in the game, kind of that traditional, you know, distribute first type, you know, ones that can get their ball, you know, hands on the ball on the defensive end, steal and all that other stuff. But yeah, man, if it wasn't for MJ's Bulls, I mean, we're probably looking at, you know, at least two titles, maybe, maybe three, maybe more, you don't know, but um, yeah, man, I think that's a solid pick and uh, a guy who's, who I think is criminally underrated. And I think it's, uh, 
I, I feel like he's disrespected somewhat, you know, just because of how he, you know, kind of looked and kind of how he, you know, maybe carried himself on the court. But uh, but definitely stands out as one of the, one of the greatest uh, point guards of all time. Yeah, for sure. Who do you got next? Man, it gets uh, it gets tricky here. I'm again. I'm looking at the present. Uh, I'm gonna probably have to bring somebody from the past into the conversation here. Um, for me, this guy fourth in win shares, nineteen, you know, top twenty in per, um, an overall twenty five ten four guy, fourteen time All Star, fourteen time All NBA, uh, two time MVP, and four time uh, Defense Player of the Year. Like your guy, John Stockton, was also part of the Utah Jazz. Uh, criminally, uh, <laughs> I would say, underrated in terms of all-time power forwards. I feel like, um, you know, some folks may give him his his praise, but in a lot of ways, because he didn't have, you know, the title pedigree to back it up, he maybe, you know, gets overshadowed in some of those conversations when uh, Tim Duncan comes into play or, you know, maybe it's, you know, Kevin Garnett, other folks. But, you know, pound for pound, like Carl Malone, uh, definitely – uh, is one of the best you know power forwards ever play the game. Uh, I, I, you know, I think in the era of Michael, um, you know, going out throughout the nineties, uh, you know, maybe even late eighties, things like that. Like he was probably top two, top three player year in, year out. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Carl Malone. I feel like it's a safe pick, but it's also, I think, uh, a great talent there. Yeah, I mean, he put up similar to John Stockton in a way. Like you know, those two were very much alike. Both durable. Uh, both always showed showed up. You know, during uh, during key games too. I think. And yeah, I mean, yeah, like he is. You know, probably yeah, the best power forward of the '90s. I think there with you know maybe like Barkley or right. So uh, and you know competed against Jordan. You know in in the finals. So. Uh, had the ball stolen there, but at the end of the day, right? Can't, if they're both on the same team, then it's okay, I think. And he was also really athletic. Uh, I think some people forget about that, you know, because they see you know, the, the the videos of him versus the Bulls and he was a little bit older. But when he was young, like, he, he had some dunks on him. You know, maybe it wasn't Sean Kemp, but, yeah, he definitely is, like, a built a power forward there. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a great solid pick over there. Um, But then... Man, you know, having all the nostalgia, now I'm just thinking about who's going to be my next pick here. And yeah, you went with Malone. You know, we're talking a lot about that, you know, Bulls versus uh, Utah Jazz. I got to pick another player from that NBA championship playoff game there. And I'm, I'm going to pick Scottie Pippen. You got to go with Pip. He can guard anybody. You know, like the original uh like player that can just guard one through five like he would do really well i think in today's nba because of that super long arms and the funny part is a lot of people talk about him as like the best defensive player of the modern day nba but he never won an nba defensive player of the year before so you know i guess there's a reason why scotty pippen always feels like he's slighted just a bit Um, He never got a lot of those accolades despite, you know, being part of, uh, you know, top 50, top 75 teams, and then also winning, you know, being part of the dream team and then all the championships. And yeah, people forget Jordan never won anything without Scotty there. So, and yeah, just uh, even, I always remember that when 
Jordan, because Jordan usually would come out first, that Scotty would kind of stick in there with the with with the second unit, and it always just seemed like the Bulls would uh, advance basically because you know Scotty's still there playing with like Steve Kerr and such, and really just handled that that second unit. It was a key to a lot of those Bulls victories, kind of like you know not not he wasn't a sixth man, but he definitely you know was able to advance and and, and you know, bring down any type of deficits that they might have had. You know, originally so yeah scotty pippen really you know one of my favorite players i think of all time we can definitely talk about all the uh, off the court type of stuff that he's got kind of gone through but at the end of the day he definitely uh brought it when he was on the court yeah man i mean it's hard not to love scotty especially as a bulls fan um yeah he almost felt like a carbon copy of jordan just uh, you know lacking a little bit of the the scoring prowess maybe, um, but a lot of ways like some would easily be switchable um, on the defensive end with Michael and stuff like that um, for the Bulls. What I found surprising is looking into some of his like advanced metrics. He's He wasn't top 50 in PER. He's 46 in win shares. And then his overall stat line of 16, 6, and 5 for career felt very light to me. I was like, man, he always seemed like a 20-point scorer type, but I feel like toward the tail end of his career, uh, maybe had some seasons where that point total got knocked down a little bit and obviously like with Jordan on his team his numbers were always going to suffer uh in that respect um but I think overall I mean there's no way Jordan wins all those titles against pairings like Stockton Malone and you know Penny and you know Shaq and a lot of those good um you know Knicks teams and even you know, Peyton and Kemp to, you know, some degree. Um, there's just no way it happens unless, you know, he's got somebody else he could rely on or you know, another couple extra guys too. But like Pippen was always there. He won all six with Michael, which is pretty rare, uh, especially in today's NBA. So yeah, man, um, hard not to like that choice. Another guy who, you know, showed up in the clutch. Um, yeah, I'm good with that. Cool. All right. Who do you got for your next pick here? Yeah, next one. Um, I'm going present day, um, projecting forward for this guy. Um, I'd love to see him start to win playoff series. I'd love to see him start to really carry teams in the way that yellow LeBron James had to at the beginning of his career. Because I feel like this guy is is getting there. I mean, I feel like, you know, maybe a little bit less in the athleticism category and just, you know, sheer um, physicality. But Man, he's averaging, you know, 28, 9, and 8 uh, right now for his, you know, career, um, five-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, Rookie of the Year, and is number eight uh, currently on some uh, rankings for PER all-time, which is just nuts. Um, I just have never seen a guy, you know, beyond LeBron James as skilled as he is and as nimble as he is at his size of like 6'8", six, 6'9", six, but obviously running point guard, playing out in Dallas, uh, who knows? We may be able to see him get through a couple of series here, uh, hopefully in this playoff. But, man, I don't know. Maybe he's just a superstar short, but I just feel like Luka Doncic is, you know, going to have one of those careers where we look back in, you know, 10 years or so, and we're just like, damn. Like, if this guy, you know, isn't the best Maverick of all time, I mean, that's going to take, you know, some some persistence there to knock off a guy like Dirk. Um I mean, others that have played, you know, for the Mavs, like Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. Um, but I just feel like he's going to continue to fill up the stat sheet, and I think his game's going to improve. And hopefully, 
you know, he gets the right team mix at some point. I, I could see him, uh, you know, winning a championship or two. So um, I'm going to grab Luka Doncic, uh, another kind of combo guard forward uh, for my team. But I just feel like the sky's the limit and we haven't really like, you know, scratched the surface just yet. Yeah, I mean, he's a prodigy, right? I think he's been playing uh, professional basketball since he was like 14 years old or something, right? So he's he's definitely he's got the magic he's got the magic right and it's incredible just what he's been able to do like he definitely isn't yeah like some sort of athletic freak but like you were mentioning his numbers really are very comparable to LeBron like it's pretty uncanny I think just maybe the three-point shooting is a little bit different there but at the end of the day like very much the you know triple double kind of machine a playmaker a scorer like very much all, all of the above there, just an all-around great player. And, yeah, very much is that ultra-skilled point forward, I think, that LeBron has. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like that pick. I think he's definitely one of the best players in the game today. So, and yeah, he's he's just getting better. Like, it's it's kind of scary. So, but, yeah, if, if uh, you know, if Cuban can get more talent there in, in Dallas, just I think the sky's the limit. You know, we'll see what happens with Kyrie here. But, yeah, the, the Mavs definitely our team to watch for sure because of Luca here. So, yeah, and I guess moving on to my next pick. Oh, so I think I am gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go center here, and I'm gonna go with a player who I think it looks like he's ranked six in terms of PER here. Uh, is a teammate of Tim Duncan. It was one of their main reasons I think that Tim Duncan was just a, such a good guy, such a good teammate to be with there. You know, uh, I, I'm talking about David Robinson, you know, the Admiral. Just a great overall, very unconventional, I would say, NBA career. Like, I don't think he played for the first two years because he was doing his service in the military there. And, you know, people forget, like, he's also one of those people that did, you know, got a quadruple double as well. I think I got... Hakeem here, and then who I believe got a quadruple double, and then also Robinson here. Man, such great players, I think, overall. Dominant during the 90s, uh, and just a great overall, one of the best ambassadors of the game, great overall teammate too, can hit that 15-footer, and is ultra-athletic as well, super muscular and lean. So, yeah, David Robinson, I think, make a great backup, I think, towards what you got there. Shaq and, and Jokic, you know, against against your centers here. Uh, so yeah, I think Robinson and Keen, man, gotta love the nineties. I'm going to go nineties for my centers here. Man, uh, Dave Robinson was start on my list. I mean, I was looking at him just from a, a pure stats perspective, like you mentioned, um, obviously a couple time champion as well. Um, I remember there's a funny story about him. Uh, was it out like out duking Shaq toward the end of the season and the whole, the whole team wanted him to get the scoring, you know, championship for the year, the scoring title for the year. So I think he put up like, what was it, like sixty some points? Like the team just did <laughs> yeah. everything they could to get him the ball and have yeah. him beat the record. It was pretty awesome. But uh, no, I mean, like, yeah, if not for Michael um, being a little bit overshadowed there throughout the '90s, uh, maybe we would have saw you know more titles there, you know, come you know David's way. Obviously, had to go up against Hakeem as well. So um, man, just have both those guys on your team. Those are obviously two hall of famers and two uh like standards at the center position so yeah i wanted to add david to my bench but he beat me to it 
Yeah, I mean, hey, Jokic on your bench, I think is great too. Like he 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 can do it all. So and he's definitely he's he's number one on PR too. So yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Um, yeah, it gets tough as we move forward here. I've, I've still I've got some guys. I don't know what really separates them. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess looking at my team, kind of thinking about what I may you know need at this point. Um. You know, I guess I'll just, uh, oh man, this is tough. I got four guys that I just like want to, I want to take at this point. So I hope you don't snipe me here, but, uh, yeah, I guess in terms of like greatness, I think I'm going to go ahead and take, um, you know, a guy who basically put an entire franchise on his back coming out of high school, um, instantly left his mark on the game, uh, Chicago, you know, native, uh, obviously a Hall of Famer. He won an NBA championship. Um, but just the just the consistency over the period of time that he played um, obviously was like the centerpiece of, of the franchise for, for many, many years. 15-time All-Star, 9-time All-NBA, 12-time defensive player on that all-defensive first team, uh, 4-time rebound champion, um, a defensive player of the year. I feel like he was the standard for, you know, kind of power forwards throughout the nineties, the two thousands. And then toward that tail end of his career came more of like a, a, a team guy, maybe more of like the defensive anchor of the team, the attitude, the locker room guy. Um, but, but his tenacity is like been with him throughout his entire career. And it was nice to see him get his, you know, chip at the you know tail end of his career there uh, with Boston. But I'm gonna go with KG. Um, I feel like, you know, definitely was, um, you know, guy you could build your team around all throughout his his prime and then you know just definitely was you know a great piece to playoff teams as he kind of you know reached his own sunset but um again there's a ton of power forwards that we've been going through and just like maybe where he gets stacked up in the the grand scheme of things he gets knocked down you know just a peg but top 10 in win shares top 30 in per i mean for his career super impressive and uh yeah i'm gonna go with kg yeah, you got to love the passion, right, that he brought to the table. I think, you know, when we think about that, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, it was always KG and Duncan. And that's like their personalities were just so different. Like, you know, Duncan definitely much more of the mellow type of person, but then KG would just be in your face. <laughs> and I, I kind of just love that, you know, them battling it out there. So, but, you know, one of the best two way players. And earlier in his career, he definitely played like from three to three to five. So I think later in his career, he was definitely much more of that five, you know, especially with the Boston Celtics there. Uh, but yeah, you know, great versatility, ultra athletic, had, you know, tremendous length, one of the better rebounders too in the NBA. And yeah, uh, played some high, Chicago high school basketball too. So yeah, definitely love me some KG and, uh, yeah, gotta love his presence and was able to bring to the game. And then, man, I guess winding this thing down a little bit here, uh, I'm looking at yeah, probably grabbing a shooting guard, rounding off my my roster, I guess. But I'm gonna go with another, I guess, Chicago alumni here. Uh, went to Marquette though, spent a couple years up there, had a nice Final Four run. And, you know, won, won some championships, 
uh, got LeBron, went Hollywood as hell, and won a couple more championships there. And yeah, we came back home to Chicago and had, you know, I guess maybe a forgetful stint, but A, you know, he enjoyed his time, I think, and, you know, uh, recruited Jimmy Butler to the Miami Heat eventually. But yeah, got to go with Dwayne, Dwayne Flash Wade. Uh, man, you're talking about one of the more exciting players, great defensive player too. And a lot of people I remember, I think during that draft, they were like, oh, let's talk about LeBron, let's talk about Melo, right? Or, you know, Darko Milic, <laughs> Chris Bosh. But in the end of the day, like Dwayne Wade had probably one of the most commendable careers, you know, in, in that draft, albeit obviously LeBron had probably the best, but you got to you gotta appreciate the heart that he brought, I think, towards the Miami Heat. I feel like he was kind of like, you know, he brought that kind of passion and tenacity, especially attacking the rim. As Allen Iverson did, he just had a bigger body. So, uh, you know, got to love me some Dwayne Wade, Mr. Miami Heat over there. And, yeah, you know, I think him and Kobe, like that, this feels like a lot of like the the redeem team a little bit there. So, yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade is my pick here. Yeah, I think I think his winning definitely sets him apart from other uh, two guards of his era. I mean, there's a couple guys that are more of the in-your-face scoring types or had very loud type games. Um, you know, Wade obviously had a lot of athleticism too, but was more, you know, I mean, I was obviously called flash, but in a lot of ways like had just a consistent, you know, penetration type game, had spot up twos and, you know, could hit that jumper pretty solidly, but it was more like the character, the leadership, um, being the alpha. I mean, especially with Miami, even when they brought over LeBron, it always felt like Dwayne was the calming force of that team, was always a guy that people leaned on in those, uh, you know, harder, more clutch moments, uh, at least at the start of their, you know, run as a, as a, you know, mini dynasty there. But uh, yeah, man, um, his win with Shaq, I mean, got the MVP in that, final series i mean was putting the team behind his back you know as a young kid kind of trying to learn the ropes as he went i mean it's nice to have the confidence to have you know shack on your team there but it wasn't all you know kind of relying on him to get him over the hump i mean Dwayne definitely carried you know his fair share of that load you know that season so i mean for him to walk away from his career as a three-time champ um it says a lot about him it's like it, it is what separates him i think from his peers at the two guard position so um definitely a good player to have on your team yeah i guess for my next pick um you know looking at a guy that i was i was pretty uh pretty sure about i mean as far as you know just his overall impact on the game and uh you know, I was looking at him and KG kind of in that same spot. I feel like they're completely different players, but played in the same era, um, have very similar accolades. But, you know, I was talking about Doncic earlier and like who's got to kind of leap over to, you know, stake his claim as the best Mav of all time. But, you know, in an era that was just starting to learn like, you know, the three-point shot and really like develop that and make that a standard in the game, like Dirk really, um, you know, for his size, for his position, I mean, really kind of made himself like the first unicorn uh, in that sense when it came to three-point shots because, you know, we saw Reggie Miller. Uh, we were seeing a little bit of Ray Allen at that time, but, you know, nobody was looking out for seven-footers that could just step back and, and hit three-pointers like he could. Um, just an overall amazing, you know, marksman. Uh, his fadeaway jump shot, maybe one of the most unguardable shots of all time. 
And it just always seemed like anytime Dirk had the ball, like the thing was going to be wet. I mean, he just had like one of the wettest jumpers I think I've ever seen, uh, you know, period. I just feel like, um, you know, it wasn't really toward the tail end of his career that like winning started to get associated with his play. Um, I think that's the one thing that held him down for most of his career. Like people just didn't know if his teams could get over the top. I mean, I know they had a, uh, a sweep or not a sweep, but just got knocked out by the eight seed. Um, maybe they had won one game or two games or something against uh, that eight seed golden state warriors team. So I think those like kind of, you know, um, black eyes on his resume kind of stood with him until, you know, he, he led Dallas over that big uh, victory against that, uh, you know, unstoppable Miami heat team. So like, I think for me, that kind of, that kind of set him apart um, from what a lot of his critics held against him up to that point. But you know, he got his championship, um, 12-time All-NBA, 14-time All-Star. He's 16th all-time in threes made. Um, in win shares, he's, t- you know, top 10. Uh, PER, he's top 30s. Um, but, yeah, man, got an MVP, too. Just just love Dirk, and, uh, you know, I think he's a great part of, uh, of my bench here. Yeah, man, you, you, you're taking, like, a lot of the great fours here. I feel like there's a uh, – yeah – you, he's definitely one of the the premier players during that time, and we all love him for beating the the Heatles, you know, the, that first season there. So, uh, but yeah, like the modern day, like if he was playing the modern day age, like he would definitely fit right in and uh, you know play that five probably. But yeah, like I know a lot of people called him Irk uh, because he had no D, right? But then at the end of the day, he was he he was he definitely bulked up and became tougher and he was such a competitor, I think too. So I uh, could not stop him on, on the offensive side. So no, man, I think that's a great pick. And uh, yeah, I think that your front court looks pretty solid. I think there. So I guess with that, then I got to go, I got to get some speed. I got to go a little bit of flash here. Um, and maybe I'll be running and gunning a little bit. I think I could probably do that, especially with the, the front court that I have right now. So I'm, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to see if I can get a back court to help out with a little bit of everything here. Um, I'm going to try to complement it with some shooting actually. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get, I'm going to get a shooter to kind of, you know, space things out a little bit with, uh, you know, Kobe and Wade and LeBron here. I'm going to go with one of the best shooters of all time. I'm going to go with Ray Allen. <laughs> uh, you know, was it the Milwaukee Bucks, and then uh, you know, kind of went around. You know, was a uh, a Seattle SuperSonic uh, there, and then yeah, had uh, you know, won an NBA championship with the Celtics, and then also the Heatles eventually. So, but yeah, you know, he was the the premier three point shooter before uh, Steph Curry took took that crown, and. Man, you also gotta love he got game. So, you know, not the best actor, but you didn't really have to be the best actor in that movie. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Sugar Ray right here. Yeah, man. That that three he had uh in that Spurs series, like I don't know. It just that'll be the most iconic three, I think, in in playoff history, just because you know, the Spurs were so close there to going back to back. It would have been, you know, Tim's sixth title. Um would have been awesome, man. I was actually really pulling for the Spurs that year, and then he just dropped that, uh, you know, basically buzzer beater type three, but had been doing that for his entire career. Um, you know, questionable whether or not he was always a number one guy on 
you know, a very, very good team. Um, always seem to be probably in better, better territory, maybe as they're like your number two on a, on a finals contender, something like that. But that's, that's, you know, not taking anything away from his game. I feel like there's a lot of guys that had similar skill sets and, you know, didn't, didn't really accomplish as much as Ray did as well. So, um, you know, as far as great three point shooters, great shooters, I mean, definitely one of the best of all time. I think there's a couple guys on our list that we could debate as well uh, in this conversation, but I think like Ray's, uh, you know, complete game as well as like the, the, the title pedigree probably sets him apart just a little bit. Yeah, that was, that was such a, like that, that was definitely a uh, shifting of an NBA title, like one minus one from LeBron, one maybe more for Duncan, right? So you're talking about legacies that were on the line there that he shifted with that shot. So yeah, clutch, you know, also had that one series where he killed the Bulls when he was a Celtic. I just remember that he just like, I think he made like, must've made like 10 threes or something. So, but yeah, tremendous shooter, tremendously clutch and could just stop at a dime and shoot the ball there. So yeah, Ray Allen, I guess one of my other favorite players there. For sure. Man. This one is tough. I am, I am, there's some guys that I don't need necessarily in their positions. Uh, so there are some guys that are going to fall off a little bit here for, for my consideration. I do need a little bit of guard depth. I'm a little bit, you know, short there, um, especially at the shooting guard position. So when I get down to it, I'm looking at a couple guys that make the most sense, but you know, as much as I don't like him as a individual, as much as I, kind of despise how he carries himself, especially, you know, the last few years here, he is a punchline on this show for sure. Um, I'm going to eat a lot of like crow right now because man, I would typically never, ever do this, but I feel like I've got enough leadership there in the locker room. I've got enough guys to keep him in check and get him motivated to play basketball that man, just based on his uh, abilities alone, especially as a shooter, I mean, he's right now third in all-time three-pointers made, and he's still on the floor. Um, he's led franchises to, you know, conferences, you know, conference title type appearances. Like, he's gotten his team far enough in his conference that, you know, you got to look at him as his own entity. Um, an all-time 24, 6, and 7 line, three-time scoring champ, two-time assist, seven-time All-NBA, and an MVP. Um Damn, I hate this guy, but man, he he he's dirty with with uh with the ball in his hands, man. So I'm gonna go ahead and add him here. Uh, the beard, James Harden, come on down. You are you know part of my 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 gunner squad off the bench. Oh God, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did that. Like that's <laughs> that would be like the last player that I would think you would pick here, honestly. Like there's other players that played in the '90s and 2000s, 2010s, and now. So, but I mean, he is like what number 15 on PER there. So I, I don't know if you're looking at that and you're like, oh, maybe he isn't so bad. And that just totally that makes me just totally overlook everything else that he's done in his career. So, uh, but hey, you can't you can't <laughs> knock on his talent and that step back. You know, is it a travel? I think they kind of changed the rules, honestly, because of that. So uh, it's, it's just crazy how he was able to do, you know, what, what he was able to do with the Houston Rockets. And there's definitely that question of like, man, had uh, had 
the Thunder known that the salaries would increase, the salary cap would increase, right? Would they have traded away James Harden? Like they didn't have to, right? It just was like a next, I think the next season or two, they were like, oh yeah, we, let's, you know, everybody can make like 30 million plus or whatever each, right? Or something like that, like super max contracts. So, uh, but yeah, James Harden, one of the better players, I think, unarguably, you definitely, you know, talk shit about all the, his, uh, just kind of how he handles himself. But at the end of the day, like the guy can ball, the guy can ball. So yeah, uh, man, I can't believe you did that. Like, that's just, that's just nuts. So, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty dirty. I mean, he's definitely not like my type of guy, but I, I can't dispute what he's done for, uh-huh. I guess the game of basketball throughout our, our lifetime. Like when I just think about, you know, yeah. where we're at in this draft and like, who, who's actually like handled a whole franchise and really had, you know, success on his own success enough with different teams. I think now with the Clippers, I'm going to be very interested to see what their year looks like because you've got Russell Westbrook buying in coming off the bench. Harden's like leading the drive there at the point guard position. I mean, Leonard and uh, George are healthy at this point. Like if they can really just keep it all together this year, they've got a really good shot. I think in the West, uh, you know, they got a good chance overall. Like, I don't know. Uh, we'll see how this whole thing like shakes out. I feel like there's some top, top contenders and they've, they found themselves into that picture for sure. Yeah. Like I, if, if I'm a better, which I am, uh, I would, I would place a bet probably for them. You know, they're probably like, you know, fourth or fifth down the line in terms of odds of winning the championship. And honestly, they got enough talent. Like they're one of the more talented teams out there. And that yeah, you have Harden and Westbrook in kind of ideal roles where they're not the focal point, right? Uh, they're not even like the the second player. Like that's PG, right? It's PG, it's Kawhi, PG, and then yeah, Harden and, and Westbrook there in terms of playmaking. So uh, yeah, like that's a really talented team. And yeah, the, the biggest thing obviously is will they stay healthy? And maybe that's where I'm betting. Like as long as they're healthy during the playoffs, that's all that matters and playing at a, you know, high rate there. So we'll see, I think with regards to where the Clippers are at, you know, at the end of the season here. So, but I guess I'll do it. Speaking of Clippers, you know, I could have gone two ways with this. Like I was thinking, you know, maybe adding in another, uh, a power forward or some sort, but I'm like, you took all the good ones. I feel like, so I might as well double down a little bit on the small forward position, uh, just a little bit and take, Take some player, a player that can play, you know, defend multiple positions, has uh, a big wingspan, has a claw, or should I say claws, I guess, in this case, that can palm the ball, can block, very strong. One of my favorite players, Kawhi Leonard. You know, we can definitely talk about load management and all of that. It hasn't won an MVP but has won two finals MVPs and was a focal point for both of those championships there uh, that he had with the Toronto Raptors and the San Antonio Spurs. So uh, one of the best two-way players in the game today. And he has a two-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year as well. And, you know, just has developed it as an all-around player. You know, you see everybody and their mom thought that he was just going to be a three and D player, right? But then, got better at dribbling, got better at playmaking, uh, worked up on his post-up game and his mid-range game just is one of the better, you know, overall shooters in terms of efficiency out there. So 
And then, yeah, he's great at defense. And he stopped uh, Giannis, I think, right, uh, during that Toronto Raptors championship run. So he can play against, you know, the fours uh, you know, in the NBA. So, yeah, Kawhi Leonard, I think, great overall player. And, yeah, can play four, uh, uh, three and four here. So, Yeah, I had a tough time evaluating Kawhi. I mean, obviously, when it matters most, he – tended to show up. I mean, especially when he was a spur, I thought his career, you know, was going to be on that same trajectory as like a Kobe Bryant, um, you know, trying to think of another solid comp, maybe a Dwayne Wade in a different aspect or a Paul Pierce, uh, maybe, a, maybe a, like a rich man's Paul Pierce or something too. Like it was hard to really put my finger on it, but it had all the traits and all the, um, you know, tools, I think to, to be one of the greatest players of, of this generation, if not, you know, pushing, pushing other generations too. It just, it's been weird with him. I mean, injuries has definitely, you know, slowed him down in terms of his year to year, you know, consistency and his like his ability to kind of, you know, you know, you know, set himself apart from his peers. I feel like he's definitely a max guy. He's definitely one of your team leaders. He's won a couple of titles with himself being, you know, the finals MVP, which is again, a rare class that he finds himself in, but it's, it's a lot of the in-between stuff where I'm always like, you know, why, where, why, why does Kawhi always seem to be kind of disappearing from the conversation when he's just really this talented? So um, it'll be interesting to see what he does in LA if he if he happens to go to another team past this point. But you know, just trying to figure out like what what stamp does he leave on the game when he exits it? I I don't think he he cares if anyone talks about him when he's gone. But you know, it's just like um, I've always I, I mean he's he's a like a completely talented guy just like i just don't know where um he fits in terms of like my my hierarchy yeah i mean he's he's i think one of those players where we're gonna look back on his career and it's like man if he played like you know more full nba seasons or close to full nba seasons like where where would his career statistics be but since he's missed so much time like his uh, his overall, like, I guess, accumulation of stats, it's not going to be anywhere near the top, like in terms of points, steals even, right? He's just not up there. So, yeah, but if you, when you look at him and you see how he performs, you're like, man, this is this guy's one of the best players out there. So uh, as proven, I think, with you know the finals MVPs there. But, yeah, injuries, load management, all that fun stuff, that's definitely a fair game in terms of, you know, his overall legacy, I think, you know, when he's – when his career is all said and done here, but yeah, you know, this Clippers team, again, if they can be healthy, if he's healthy, if PG's healthy, rest of the team, like this, this team definitely is going to be a team to watch. For sure. I guess I'll stay on guys that have played for the Clippers. Um, at one point leading the way for the team itself, uh, had some awesome, you know, teams assembled there, had some, some runs that didn't really end up, you know, being, you know, championship winners or anything like that. I mean, they were up against uh, teams like the Spurs, the Mavs of those times, the Phoenix Suns. So, you know, it, it definitely got overshadowed um, in some of his better stretch runs. But when I just think pound for pound point guards, and I've got about six guys right now at point guard that I'm debating to add to my team. I think that it's such a good conversation to have, and maybe we can have it afterwards. But, um, you know, when I just think like model of consistency, uh, we were talking about John Stockton, but a guy who's just a pure point guard in, in any way that you look at it, um, seven and overall win shares for his career, an 18, five and nine line, 12-time All-Star, 11-time All-NBA, five-time assist leader, six-time steal leader, 
nine-time defensive, um, you know, all-defensive team player and a rookie of the year. He's not won the big one. He's not found himself in that space very often. And I think that's the one thing that hampers him. I think the closest, you know, position he ever found himself in was with the Houston Rockets and James Harden. But I mean, for me, like when you look at Chris Paul's like entire body of work, like super impressive pound for pound, like one of the better, you know, players I think of this, you know, era. I mean, maybe starting at the 2010s and onward, like just, just pure uh, performance and consistency. I think he's been one of those guys. It's tough, man. Cause I like, I look at a couple of guys on my list. I'm like, some of them won MVPs or, you know, been having very special seasons in a lot of ways, but I don't know, for some reason, I think maybe it's the defensive elements of it or just the overall productivity in so many facets of the game that I feel like just Chris Paul is such a complete player that um, for me, like he gets up there and he's also just got that, that like dog mentality. I wish, I wish he really had paired with a true superstar to be able to like see out some of this potential. I and mean, he had Blake Griffin, he had others along the way, but it's just, it's always felt like, uh, you know, I know he's faded in some of those bigger moments, especially towards this tail end here, but um, man, I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's come close, but, and I, and I, I did, you know, I'm remiss to like bring up his Phoenix Suns run too, because he did go to the finals. He did fall short again just a little bit. And I thought they were on their way to winning one, but, um, but yeah, man, I just, I, I really appreciate the the body of work that he's had. Yeah. And you know, he's not some six, three, six, four type of point guard. Like he's, you know, five eleven, six foot and just really shifty. He's very, one of the smartest players in, you know, in the NBA history, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people like, you know, they give him shit basically, right. Because he knows how to, you know, finesse his way into fouls and getting things like that. Right. But at the end of the day, like it's don't hate the player, hate the game. Right. I think that's kind of what his, his motto has been essentially. And he's, he's known how to you know, be, have those veteran plays and, you know, leading to fouls and things like that. So, uh, but yeah, like one of the best, you know, assist men out there, one of the best stealers out there as well, kind of, you know, very comparable, I think to uh, the way that John Stockton in terms of his, uh, uh, you know, being a kind of a pure point guard, right? One of the best mid-range games, you know, I think from a point guard we've seen in recent memory. So, and yeah, he's carried teams. I think everywhere he's gone, he's usually won. You know, obviously the the Warriors are battling other things, I think, right now at the moment. So, uh, and, you know, father time is always undefeated. So, but yeah, like Chris Paul has definitely kind of pushed, pushed the tempo on a lot of things. And, you know, he's definitely, one, I think, one of the best players probably in the you know 2010s out there. Now, um, who's your last player? <laughs> yeah, last player. Kind of went back and forth a little bit on this one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick an active player. I'm gonna pick an active player from Chicago. Uh, one of the better PRs, I think. You know, I think he's like top five or top ten or something like that. Um, Anthony Davis, right? Okay, I saw you. You're like, oh, who's he talking? About? Oh, I know who he's talking about. <laughs> Anthony Davis. I got I think, it. Yeah. And I think he can, you know, run, run with, you know, your Kevin Garnett's, your uh, Dirk Nowitzki's and, you know, your Tim Duncan's there. So uh, very athletic, very versatile, can dribble the ball. He was a point guard in his early high school years and, you know, utilize that, that versatility. Like when he went through a big growth spurt uh, and is one of the better defenders defenders in, in the NBA. 
Uh, obviously, he's just battled through injury, you know, especially the past couple of years here. But you know, if you recall what he was able to do, what he was able to do with LeBron and the Lakers right during that championship run in the bubble, he was honestly like I, he was probably the best overall player I think uh, for the Lakers and that team, you know, the, arguably right. So, and what he was able to do, I think, you know, with uh, New Orleans early on, right? He, he was definitely the focal point to that team. And yeah, just one of the best all round games, I think, in the NBA. And it's just kind of missed now, the obviously with the injuries. But yeah, when he's playing, it's hard to find like a better, I guess, four slash five out there in the NBA in terms of, you know, in terms of both on the offensive side and the, and the defensive side. It's just, yeah, he gets hurt. <laughs> I think that's, that's been the one thing the you know, to kind of stop the Lakers from just being ultra dominant there is having Anthony Davis on the floor. So, yeah, I got to pick Anthony Davis to round it off, be my four slash five here. Yeah, I mean, one of the most talented players um, of this of this era, for sure. Just pound for pound, just like you were saying, like came up as a point guard, um, you know, has that scoring ability, but also just an amazing defender, especially when he's on the floor and just like giving, giving it his all. I feel like he obviously gets questioned a lot about his like desire or just like his, his motor and things like that. Like a lot of the, you know, the greats like Barkley O'Neal, they like kind of dig at him on TNT and stuff. Just like, you know, why does this guy kind of disappear year in, year out and stuff? Um, I don't know, man, it's hard to say. I mean, it's hard to say why that's kind of happened, uh, especially after they won the title. I feel like him and LeBron should have done more uh, in their run together. Feel like they've had enough uh, complementary pieces too to kind of get more accomplished. But again, like whatever whatever the combination of it is, like aside, I feel like you know pound for pound, you look at numbers, uh, what he contributes to his team. I mean, he he's an impressive player. He's a dominant force, uh, you know, in his own right. So no, he definitely belongs on a team here, um, especially to round it out. But man. Um, love to look at our teams like in, in entirety here, uh, toward the end of this to, to kind of match it all up. But I don't know, man, I got a couple of questions. I mean, I overall, like, how do you feel about your team or, you know, what, what do you make of this, uh, this whole draft? Yeah. I mean, you know, I kind of got scared there. Like your, your starting five was super talented. You know, you got some championships there. You got the go, you know, Shaq, right? Like there's so much, uh, so much to like, I think about you know, your starting lineup, but then, you know, I feel like I can win with some depth. I feel like I got some tremendous defensive players as well. You know, two-way players. I think I kind of try to complement it with, you know, putting in Ray Allen in there. Uh, I think I also left like McGrady on the board who I really liked and then Vince Carter, but you know, I went with Ray Ray just cause you know, I needed that shooter. I think I needed that shooter to pair up with the rest of my ball hogs there. Like, I'm like, how did I pick Kobe and Iverson in the same backcourt? Like, that, that, that'll be interesting. I, I'll be interested to how, see how that plays out. And then just having, like, Giannis just chilling there. But, um, no, I think you got a great team. I think, yeah, you, you picked up a lot of the great fours out there, um, you know, with Duncan, Garnett, Nowitzki, and then Malone. So, like, you know, I got Giannis, who I think is great and all. But, yeah, you got some of the best ones out there. So, I think your front court. Really rock solid, yeah, with Shaq and Jokic there. But then, you know, my backcourt, I mean, yeah, you got the GOAT, but and Curry, but, you know, 
man, Kobe, Wade, like, I feel like, yeah, their defense and tenacious and tenacity, I think, yeah, I think that that would win it out, you know? Slim man, I don't know. Um, I feel like a lot of your guys are the diet versions of mine, so I just feel like going pound for pound, like, this would be great matchup. I just, man, I don't know, like, the dominance uh, factor for each one of these guys at their position, I'm just so excited about. Um, like you said, there was a lot of guys that you know, didn't make the list. I can't believe some of these guys didn't make the list. Like when I look down and, you know, for the point guard position, for example, you know, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, and even Damian Lillard. It's like, I had to pass on all those guys to take Chris Paul. Like that had been a hard decision to make as a general manager, kind of evaluating these guys in their prime. Like, uh, cause it's crazy. You know, Nash had a couple of MVPs. Kidd was like, Russell Westbrook before you know Westbrook came along. Um, Kyrie, if not marred with all the, you know, off the court stuff, has some of the better numbers that you know I've seen and some of the best handles uh, in the game that's <laughs> kind of ever, ever really been seen too. So it's just it's crazy, man. There's a lot of uh, Hall of Fame, you know, forwards like Charles Barkley, uh, Clyde Drexler didn't make it. I mean Reggie Miller. I feel like almost like that's blasphemous not to have him on a team. So. Just crazy, man. But uh, no, overall, I, I like the construction of both rosters for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about also like the, you know, maybe the more like the active players that maybe might be missing, like Joel Embiid. I think, yeah, you might have mentioned like there's a bunch of players, you know, maybe Devin Booker too, like the way that his career might be going, you know, maybe he does win a chip, right? Um, but yeah, like, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, Dame Lillard and such. Just a lot of talent, a lot of talent in the NBA that's happened you know, these past couple of decades. So it's really hard to pick. It's like, how do you battle this, the, you know, the, the past sentiment, the nostalgia with uh, the present day, like what's happening before our eyes? Cause it's like, I don't know. Kyrie is like ultra talented. That, that kid can ball. Like, you know, how do you compare his handles with like a Jason Kidd or Steve Nash, right? He's so efficient shooting too. So, uh, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you compare against all those things? But yeah, you know, um, Chris Paul, you definitely got to commend him, you know, in the career he's had. So, yeah, it's it's just kind of a battle, I think, between, you know, how does this player stack up? How does his career stack up versus, man, this player is way too talented to, like, not pick him, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. And like you said with Embiid, right now I think he's, like, number one in PER, like, all time. And I feel like we're not far enough into his career yet to like settle that as like the final number. But I was looking at him the entire time. I just didn't have a spot for him. Cause I'm like, I think Jokic might be a better player than him overall. And I definitely think Shaq's had, you know, more of an impression on the game, probably would be a harder guy, you know, in a one-on-one -on -one matchup for Embiid to guard. So it's like, man, where, where does he fall on this roster? Uh, if he's not just redundant at that same position, but could definitely make an argument. He might be the one of the better players uh, on anyone's team if we just had Joel Embiid added to it. So that's kind of crazy, man. I don't know. But to answer your question, my team is pretty much split up between past and present guys. So it's like, it's just kind of showing, like I have obviously seen some guys play out their entire careers and like have them in a certain, you know, standing, but in the same sense, like I'm looking at some of these guys now and I'm like, you know, what Doncic is doing, uh, you know, at his size, like kind of running the offense and putting up the numbers he's putting up. And we're just like, we're just getting into him. You know, like we haven't really gotten a chance to, you know, see him out just yet. I just like project that forward. Like it looks, it looks better to me than what, um, 
you know, where was I, you know, what Dirk's accomplished. It just, it looks better. It looks like it's on that track to being better. Jason Kidd has come out and even said like, Doncic is the best player I've ever, you know, seen, or, you know, he's the best Maverick I've ever, you know, seen on the court. So like that says a lot cause he played right, you know, yeah. beside Dirk. So it's just crazy, man. Um, yeah. You know, some of these video game numbers like Harden Westbrook put up, like it's just hard to, I don't know. It's hard to, you know, take that and put it back on different eras where, you know, maybe the defense was more, you know, uh, difficult to navigate around more hand checking. Uh, you know, the legal defense was around at that you know point in time. Like guys were scared to drive the lane. Like what a Westbrook seems like the type that would, I don't know about James, James might, might've gotten killed in that era, but, um, I still can't you know, believe you took it's just, him. it's just I hard just, to like, you can't just... put these guys at different times. Yeah. I still can't believe you took hard. Yeah, man. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If you, not, if not Reggie for Miller. all the yeah, you're talking about Reggie Miller, right? He's your guy, I thought, right? So <laughs> no, he truly is. No, like in terms of liking the guy, he truly is. But it's funny because like James Harden brought brought more to his team than Reggie did. Um, you know, even in that time, I just feel like you know Reggie never won an MVP. Uh, Reggie didn't contribute much in terms of rebounds, you know, assists, uh, defense. He didn't play a lot of it. Um, not saying James is one of the better, you know, defenders of all time, but it's just like, he definitely does like get his rebounds. He fills up the stat sheet. Um, yeah. I mean, both guys, I think at this point, like you look at James and Reggie, like they both kind of taken their teams about the same distance uh, and just kind of fell a little bit short. I mean, I guess Reggie's gotten to a finals before, but we'll see, man. Tough, tough for me to go there, but just feel like, uh, Got, had to go through like kind of like had to pick like the more uh, well-rounded guy, I guess. Yeah, you know, I thought about taking the more well well-rounded guy with uh, Charles Barkley over uh, Anthony Davis there, but uh, yeah, no, I had to yeah. compare. Yeah, like literally well-rounded more so. Of, but you know, Barkley did have the MVP, but I was like, I had I think Anthony Davis just his overall game, and especially if we got if I got to compete against you know Garnett, Nowitzki, Malone, and Duncan, like. I got to choose Anthony Davis in this case, but yeah, I know it's just a, I think a fun little exercise of just like, all right, overall game. Like, do I really want to take Harden? But you know, you look at his stats, his playmaking ability, you know, how he was able to lead those uh, Houston Rockets teams. It's like, you got, you got to throw some, some kudos, I think to that. So. Yeah. I was trying to be as, you know, impartial as I could be and just take it based on productivity output. Um, you know, it's crazy. Like I would have thought like McGrady and Carter would have been placed on teams too, but like some of the attitude related stuff and things that they had said, um, you know, it definitely rubbed me the wrong way then, but, you know, kind of like recognizing they didn't really achieve much, uh, as, as teammate, you know, like just as, um, you know, leaders of teams and stuff, they never really got their teams truly like, important heights so it's kind of like they always were great individuals but they never really seemed to like make their teams that much better so those are always things that i kind of looked at too and harden mm -hmm. kind of toes that line because i feel like since he's left houston it's been debatable but if he can have a little bit of a renaissance here with la he might change you know perceptions here on his way out if, if, if harden wins a ring with the clippers if he like takes a step back keeps his mouth shut a little bit just plays hard, plays some defense. Like, would your perceptions of James Harden and his legacy 
as an NBA basketball player change, you think? If they get to the Western Conference Finals, like, I'll give him a little bit more credit. If they get to the Western Conference Finals, like, if he, if they happen to win, if they have to go to the finals, that'll be an extra thing. If they win it, that'd be enough for me to, like, change my impressions. Cause right now he's kind of operating as, like, to me, like a second, third wheel on that team. Cause I think he's, you know, I, I would say Kawhi and Paul George maybe have more talent than he does at this stage, but the importance to the team, like him driving the offense is a little bit maybe more important than what Paul George contributes on a nightly basis or something like that. So I just feel like he's still, he's obviously still getting his numbers too. His current stats are looking great. It's just like, I think that's the one thing, like some of these guys just haven't been able to translate those stats into like meaningful accomplishments for the team. And yeah, I mean, Harden was that leader uh, for Houston for a very long time. I feel like they were always placing the top three in the West. It's just like, yeah, at this point, he needs to like get over that hump and like maybe prove something a little bit extra as he kind of works his way out like a Jason Kidd did or, you know, some of these other guys, uh, you know, Paul Pierce or Ray Allen on their way out. Yeah, and I, I mean, this is as good of a chance I think that he, he'll have. You know, he's got a great two-way players there that kind of complement, you know, what what he, he doesn't do well. It's just, you know, the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, he's a playmaker. He's a playmaker. He can shoot, and he can distribute the ball, I think, to those two wings out there. So, yeah, it should be interesting, I think, what happens, I think, with the Clippers and James Harden. But, man, yeah, it's uh, a lot of fun times, I think, that we had here. Uh seeing you pick James Harden and everything <laughs> uh, there. But yeah. Yeah, definitely went against my own, uh, you know, good judgment there. Uh, yeah, man, him, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, they still all belong in the special <laughs> class of clowns uh, in terms of like how I've, I feel about them on and off the court. But uh, was there any other guys that, we didn't discuss that you think deserve to be raised here in, in this discussion or uh, were potentially on your list at all? I mean, you know, I had some other players like, I know Dominique Wilkins was another player. Uh, you mentioned Vince Carter and McGrady on, on the list here. Um, I even had Yao on here, just, you know, the sheer impact of the game. Gary Payton, mm. I think, was another point guard. Uh, you know, eventually won a championship. Uh, I think he's a top 75 as well. So, yeah, Gary Payton in the glove. Uh, definitely, you know, one of my favorite players, I think, there. Patrick Ewing, too. Uh, you know, he, he definitely wasn't, you know, uh, I guess the, the hyped-up version of, you know, he was in Georgetown and such, but still, like, one of the better overall players, uh, I think, in the game. And, you know, definitely had some runs there with the Knicks. Um, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I think those are maybe some of the major ones that I had on there, but yeah, I don't know a lot of great, a lot of great ba basketball has been played. I think nineties, 20, 2000s, 2010s, um, that just had, Oh yeah. I'm most looking at like Paga soul. And then obviously, you know, Mono Ginobili too. I think, you know, some key, you know, players there, uh, Paga soul. I mean, really just showcasing more of the, yeah, the, the you know, uh, the, the Spanish national team, what he was able to do there. And then, Manu for Argentina and like, you know, we talk about Harden, like, you know, what would have Harden been, right? If he was more the Manu Ginobili to, you know, Westbrook and KD with that OKC team, right? So, but yeah, uh, had those other players there, just 
lot of great players. I think that were off the board that we didn't pick here, but uh, you know, I feel I still feel pretty satisfied. I think overall with my selections. Yeah, no, Ming was definitely a guy I was going to raise uh, in this question because you know his career got cut short due to injuries, but you know we had never seen somebody of his size really be as talented and you know, athletically coordinated as he was, it wasn't just another big body that, you know, could score points, but, you know, didn't, didn't show like an ability to hit free throws. I mean, he was a great free throw shooter. He was a great passer. He, you know, really could have brought his team further along had he not been derailed by injuries. I would have loved to see what him and T-Mac could have done um, in more years together in their primes. That'd have been a lot of fun, but um, another guy was a Houston rocket that didn't really get named is Clyde Drexler. Um, you, know, you look at T Max twenty six and four stat line for his career. Drexler is twenty six and five, so it's kind of like very similar in terms of like output. Um, he had more um, All Star appearances. He actually won a championship with Houston. Um, five time All NBA. Just feel like Clyde definitely got outshadowed just from Michael. Um, you know, played against him in the finals. Uh, in 1992 with Portland. So definitely led some teams to some important heights there. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I think in today's game, I also get Jason Tatum. We didn't really bring him up, but you know, I thought it brought him into the conversation for our NBA preview with an MVP, you know, consideration this year with what, you know, Boston's doing as a team. They're looking very good. They don't look like they have a lot of flaws. It just really depends on for me, like whether or not, you know, Denver can come out of the West and play strong throughout the final, you know, push of the season, or, you know, is it Milwaukee that kind of has a turnaround toward the end or, you know, is it LA, is it the LA Clippers or, you know, whoever else uh, may represent the West? Like, can they, can they push a team like Boston? Cause right now it's just like the way this first half has gone, they've been the most impressive team. And I just see Jason Tatum kind of being around, being in the mix for the next, you know, seven to eight years in, you know, like kind of like that top five space. So I think he'll definitely have a great, you know, resume to speak to uh, when he gets, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all wrapped up. Yeah. I mean, that's all six team. Like, I don't know if there's another team necessarily in the East that can compete with them. You know, obviously there is the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, but you know, they haven't been playing the best I think of, of recent. So a lot of things are going to have to have to happen. I know JJ Redick, JJ Redick hasn't been a fan of Doc Rivers previously. So it's interesting how that's all these, you know, all these things have kind of unfolded here. Um, another player that, you know, I'm kind of reading like the PR rankings of the past, you know, a couple of decades here, but you know, I'm also looking at uh, uh, Jimmy Butler too, right? You know, talk about current players. Like this guy's brought it, you know, obviously from Chicago Bulls and such, but you know, has gotten the has gone to the finals, right? He's gone to the finals and he was the best player in the, you know, the, the team that he brought to the finals there. So, you know, definitely got to give him props. Uh, Blake Griffin, he was definitely a force to be reckoned with. I think, you know, when he was playing uh, Alonzo Mourning, Dwight Howard, I mean, Amari Stoudemire, one of the best dunkers, I think, in-game dunkers I've ever seen in my entire life to go along with the yeah, Blake Griffin. So, yeah, just a lot of great talent, I think, that, you know, overall that, you know, a lot of, Honorable mentions, I think, uh, that, you know, we're mentioning now, I guess. Yeah. No, tons of great names to go around here. Um, yeah, we'll see. Well, folks, if you're around and you've watched, you know, our entire draft here, listen to some of the commentary, um, you know, leave us leave us some comments, too. What do you think of uh, both of our teams? Uh, 
you know, what picks would you have redone if you were either of us? Who did we, you know, forget to include on our rosters or who do we forget to mention here in this, uh, you know, wrap up conversation, but yeah, definitely want to know your opinion here. So, so definitely leave us, uh, some, some comments like, you know, this episode here on YouTube, if you're with us, subscribe to this channel. Uh, we're, we're trying to make our push here to a thousand subs. So we're, you know, inching along bit by bit, um, follow us on, you know, Instagram at ball and breakfast. And, uh, if you're on our podcast, uh, with audio, just leave us a review, uh, five star and, uh, yeah, catch us next time. I'm, I'm sure we'll dive right back into some, some NFL. We've got, you know, major league baseball coming up here, uh, in about a month or so. So, you know, stay with us. We'll cover all sports topics and all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, with Wayne and Patrick signing off for the ball and breakfast podcast.